everyone. This is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Ms. Carol Raswell. Hi. Hi. I can see you. I can hear you. And I can see your cat in the background who is so cute. Oh my God. I'm obsessed with them, but we, we, I I can't talk about him because then I seem like crazy cat lady. You'll start crying because you love him so much. Oh my God. Okay, go away. Um, welcome, yeah. welcome. Thank you. What do you think? I'm, I'm like testing out bangs. So I'm like doing like a deep side part. I, you- I kind of like the bang on you. You do? I do. And like, you're so close by. I'm in Chelsea. You're, you're in the West Village. We like, you know, I should have just walked to your house. Come over. Uh, these Zooms are a little nuts, right? Like I can see what people, I don't do many of them because I, I don't have a corporate job that requires me to be in Zoom meetings all day. But I could see why people can get like very like picky about like their hair and what they look like, right? I so have you're a staring fr- at yourself all. Well, I have a friend who's a plastic surgeon, and she said that her practice has like just it's gone out of control because of zooms. She's like, and I'm like, I look. There's no good angle. I don't know. I look at myself in a zoom, yeah. and I'm like, I look better right now in real life. I'm sorry. Like yeah. I just, it's a bad <laughs> angle. Yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to like talk like kind of like three quarter, three quarter is the best pose. You know, when you're taking a photo, totally like straight on, it's terrible. And like profile, you know, not good. Three quarter is, is the good pose. You know, who taught me that Barbara Walters. Really? Notice in all of Barbara's uh, promo photos and anything, she's always like, it's a three quarter turn. She was a genius. Barbara Walters was a genius. Have you talked to her? I mean, she's, no. she's home and I don't think she's well, right? I, yes, I don't, I don't think so. God, I haven't seen her in many, in many years when I, I mean, I don't, she is, she's must be in her nineties now though. Um, can you hear them? I'm sorry. I have NPR rolling in the background and I forgot. Let me turn it off. <laughs> I list, it's like, you know, my background noise. So, well, first of all, the fact that you have NPR in the background is so on brand for what I would <laughs> think you would have in the background. So, that doesn't shock me. No, no. And, <laughs> and a Barbara Walter reference with like within the first five minutes. So, so far, you're exactly on brand, Carol. <laughs> well, I'll mess that up. Let's, uh, let's talk about, uh, I don't know, The Bachelor. Well, well, no, here's the thing I just wanted to say, like, I mean, you're really good okay. friends with. Heather Thompson. I've had her on. I've had Fran Drescher on. You are, see, here's the thing. I have Stockholm syndrome. The more- You have all the housewives on. Well, except Carol Raswell. You have played hard to get. And the the (laughs) more you played hard to get, the more I have wanted you. Like I have that that gene. This is why I'm a single gay man in New York City. The more that you elude my, my, me preying on you, the harder, like (laughs) the more I want you. I don't know. I don't, I don't do, I don't do many of these because I'll tell you, to be honest, um, I I enjoy talk. I mean, listen, I, I can talk and talk and talk. I enjoy talking and I can talk about my experience on Real Housewives and, um, you know, to the cows come home. Like I can, I always can analyze it and, 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 uh, you know, in different ways and depending on, on the year. And, um, but um, I find that with podcasts, they um, it's great. We can talk for an hour. We'll have the best conversation. It'll be funny. It'll be a lot of topics. And then it'll be something 
the shade or what do they they say shady about the housewives and then that becomes a headline in all these like blog not even not even real press like blogs right or maybe you get actually picked up in like us weekly and stuff so it looks like it looks it has the effect of and this kind of backfired on heather it has the effect of looking like you're talking to the press it's like we're not i'm not talking to the press i'm not talking to to other publications um they're just picking they're they're using your podcast and repurposing it for their headlines so it's always like uh you do some great fun interview and then it gets picked apart taken out of context and reprinted in blogs and um various tabloids and it it just it ruins it for me Well, no, like as a journalist, like, you know how it is like the, the, cause I've had people call me and I'm like, sweetie, the quote's not wrong. That's in people magazine. I mean, don't first of all, but yeah, the headline, I mean, I didn't choose the headline. Why are you calling me? I'm not, it's, it's the headline. They really definitely. It's clickbait, right? It's just like, and and housewives are so good for clickbait, you know, cause there's, I mean, and I'm including myself, there's always some whack thing that comes out of their mouths. So it's like, wait, what did she say? <laughs> um, so I get it. So anyway, so I don't like to do a lot of this. And I think it backfired on Heather a little bit because when Heather and I did her podcast on her own podcast, we, of course, we talked about how like we reminisced about, I mean, we, I was on it for six years. She was on it for three. It's a part of my story for sure. Part of hers. And, uh, you know, we, we loved reminiscing and laughing and talking about everything. And then of course they take something that Heather actually didn't say um, about Luann and make it a headline to make it appear like she, we had been talking about something that we weren't. And then of course she goes on the show and, and it, it sort of then becomes this crazy conversation about Heather talking to the press about all of them. And it's like, wait a minute. And I don't think Heather was even prepared for that because she, at no point did she say, what are you talking about? I'm not talking to the press. I'm talking on my own podcast with my friend Carol talking about our own experience on Roni, but it gets, it gets so diluted. So by the time it got to Heather being on that show, which is one of the reasons I told her to not do it. Um, it just gets, everything gets turned upside down. I told her when she was here, I was like, did any part of you, or is any part of you saying like, this is great advertisement for, you know, <laughs> the Heather Thompson podcast in my heart. And she's like, it's on a national I mean, I guess it wasn't, it was it in a way I did, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it was. They mentioned her podcast over and over and over. I'm like, Heather, just go with this. I'm in such a good mood because I just got my new rain jacket, t-shirts and sweaters in the mail from Tentry. Not only are these products fashion forward, but they're earth friendly. Tentry sells lots of different products, including clothing, underwear, outerwear, activewear, and more. What I love is that not only are these fashion forward, like I said, but everything they make is manufactured ethically and from materials that are either sustainably sourced or recycled. Besides being sustainable, Tentry clothing is so soft and so comfortable. I'm already wearing these t-shirts like all day and all night. Listen, for every item purchased from Tentry, they plant 10 trees and this helps take carbon out of the air, replenish ecosystems, and it gives jobs to tree planters and communities around the world. Learn more about Tentry's planting mission and to grab some comfy, sustainable clothes, check out their website, www.tentry.com. And because you're listening to this podcast, use code VELVET to get 15% off your first order. That's www.tentry.com. 
com. Use code velvet to get 15% off your first order. Yeah, it's true. But they turned it into then like, I'm, I, to be honest, I've never watched the show. You know, I see, I feel like I see the show because it's so much on social media. Um, but I don't watch the episodes, but I did watch the episodes Heather was on because I was, you know, I was just concerned, obviously, um, because she's a friend. And I, I thought she was going into it with her like, kind of like rose colored season six eyeglasses, you know, like where she didn't realize that the show had changed a lot and that it wasn't what she, it wasn't what she had left behind. Um, and certain, and sure enough it was, but, but like for her to sit there and have them all like reprimand her from talking to the press, it's like, bitch, you spent, Luann spent two years going around the country trashing me, trashing Heather and her cabaret show. I was like, how could you not have said that, Heather? How could you listen to Luann reprimanding you when she literally made a career, including a song, uh, out of trashing us? You know, it's just it's just like it's the funny kind of like delusion that the housewives, you know, live in. You know, they're completely no self-awareness. It's like, uh, yeah. I told the truth about some experience I had six years ago, unlike your cabaret show, where she just goes on and on and on about all this bullshit. So anyway. Who do you think, who do you think, just because you brought it up, who do you think is the most not self-aware? Oh, that's it. I I really think that, um, I mean, Luann is up there and that she's not. Um, but Ramona, I, I, they all are, but it's so hard for me because I feel like a lot of it's an act and I can't separate the act from the, the real, uh, you know, complete unself-awareness. But, um, but yeah, I think that's a prerequisite. I would say across the board, um, the, the housewives that are on the shows and um, get the headlines and become like the stars are completely unself-aware it's like it's you have to be in order to to be playing at that level like I think across the franchise I'm not just saying in New York it's like one of the characteristics that production has down probably in casting yeah I mean it's 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 all production it's you know I mean the women serve it up but it's 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 ground through the prism of of Bravo production and the all the um you know, what they do to make the show. I mean, that, you know, so I, I say that there's, uh, they're not really self-aware. And I really honestly believe that, like, there's just a level of delusion. Um, and, and Bravo is, is, a, is, you know, is really great at exploiting it. So, you know, it's like they're exploiting. I mean, if you think about it, it's like, they're really good at exploiting emotional issues uh, mental illness, alcoholism, all that, you know, addictions for entertainment value, because it does when they grind it through the, the Bravo machine, it comes out kind of funny, right? I mean, we're all like, looks, it looks funny on television, right? Do you think like they just sense it? Like when, well, I mean, like when you're filming and you see something, I mean, they probably double down, I would assume. Yeah. I mean, you know, listen, there's a huge machine behind this, you know, there, there's, there's a story department, there are producers, there's like, you know, it's, 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 um, you know, they, they know what they're doing. When we're in scenes, if I recall filming, you could always tell when someone says something really 
whack, right? And and you just know where it's gonna, you just know that it's gonna, it's gonna be amplified and in the show. Now re- remember, like they're filming dinners and they're three hours usually. Most of that time is boring, right? Most of the time you're like, blah, 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 blah. And then you feel the pressure of coming up with something. And then there's like drinking throughout the dinner. So they cut a three hour dinner into seven, seven minute uh, segment. So seven minutes, you know, and they use all like the, the, um, I always thought like the um, reaction shots were taken from other, other area, you know, other parts of the conversation. You know, it wasn't like someone says something crazy and then everyone reacted like, you know, right. they like build like, it up through it during the course of the dinner, three hours, people, you know, when they're talking and they might make a weird face and then they take that weird face you made and put it over someone saying something to make you look insensitive. Maybe it's like, oh, that wasn't very nice. You rolled your eyes at her when she was being vulnerable. I mean, like, well, I'm sure I was rolling my eyes at something that was said two hours earlier <laughs> right. to do with what she was saying. So well, really be, you know, it was, it was it's a jungle out there. <laughs> well, based on all that, listen, you were stationed in the Gulf war. You worked with Peter Jennings. You started at 2020. You make uh-huh. a reference to Barbara Walters. You wrote a book <laughs> that was on the New York times bestseller list. So Carol, like, you know, I, I, I'm a former lawyer, so here I am. So I don't know what that's all about, but you're <laughs> intelligent. You, you have this very respectable journalistic career. So how is it a, that you got involved and B, did you have, I mean, I know, you know, Andy Cohn from before and like, did you have reservations? Like, did you know kind of what you were getting into? No. Um, you know, I, I, I had never seen the show, so I didn't really know what the show was about when Andy first brought it up. Um, and I, I think the friendship between Andy and I was really like, uh, exaggerated. Um, but I did know him. We have mutual friends. So I would see him, you know, in New York at dinners and stuff, but we were never like close. I didn't really know what he did. I, I think my friend um, Duff, Karen Duffy, she was an MTV VJ, one of the originals. She's a very good friend of mine. And she was the one that first told me that Andy had a talk show and he would interview uh, and a blog and he would interview housewives. And I was like, well, I didn't even know what they were. So I saw a couple of his talk shows. So I was aware of what these ha- the housewives. Making content is such an essential part of what I do to keep this show going, but it hasn't always been a seamless creative process. I'll be honest, my design skill level ain't so great. And my ability to learn new platforms is even worse. Ever since I found Canva Pro, I can design anything like a pro on any device. I feel like such an expert. Listen, it's a design platform that empowers you to create and share stunning content with just a few clicks. Designing with Canva Pro is so much fun and it's fast. You could choose from thousands of templates that are easy to customize, or you can just start from scratch. What I like the best about Canva Pro is everything is in one place and it helps me stay organized. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, video editor, it's all right there. For just $12.99 a month, you and four teammates can unlock everything Canva Pro has to offer. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use my promo code. Just go to canva.me slash velvetrope to get free 45 days of an extended trial period. That's Canva.me slash velvet robe. 
and you get a free 45-day extended trial period. You're going to be designing things that are so amazing. You can thank me later. And then uh, then he asked me to be on it. Um, and No, I didn't. I, you know, weirdly, I didn't have that many reservations. I know like some housewives, they come on and they're like, well, you know, I really did like a pro and con sheet. And I sat down with my 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 family and my priest and my I don't know, lawyer and said, you know, is this something that we as a family? I didn't do any of that. I was just like, all right. I literally was like, okay, you want me to do this? Um, I'll do it. I thought it was very kind of interesting, uh, like cultural phenomenon, because as I sort of thought about it and saw, and then they sent me some of the seasons, I, I was, um, I was, I was definitely curious about it. And, um, you know, I think that I, I, I remember, you know, I said always in the beginning in the press, like I, I did it because I was a journalist, not in spite of it, because journalists are just, they're curious about, you know, um, things, whether it's politics, current events, war, cultural phenomenons, like it was, there's just this a curiosity factor that I think really uh, played into it. So I was, so I just kind of said, sure, I'll do it. Um, and then, you know, honestly, I didn't know, I didn't, I, I, I watched some of the shows and I said, I, I was very clear with them. I don't have anything in common with these women. I could see that. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm not, not to put them down at all. They just had totally different life experiences as I, as I did up until the point they got on the show. And some of them were successful in other areas of life and some were married and children and all that. But I, I could see that I wasn't temp, my temperament wasn't the same. Like I, I knew that. Um, and as well as my experience. Um, so I kind of made a, a, a contract kind of with myself to not be anything other than who I am, meaning I'm not going to portray myself as being a, like a, a socialite, because even though I was in that circle, certainly when I was married, uh, I never engaged it. I was never interested in that. And I never partook in that. And, and my husband and I actually like kind of shunned it because you know you can do that we were invited to all these this fancy thing this fancy thing and this you know fundraiser and mo everything and we didn't do any of it we were like working kids like you know we worked at abc news he did i did um so i wasn't going to portray myself as that i wasn't going to portray myself as as richer than i was um uh and i certainly wasn't going to do anything like get uh drunk on television national television or take my clothes off or, you know, shame. Like there was a lot of, I, I felt like this undercurrent of shaming women, you know, a lot of the storylines are, are rooted in that misogynistic sexist narrative of shame, right? Whether it's, and they all do it. And um, whether it's age shaming, which is continues up into this season, right? Um, career shaming, um, slut shaming, right? Like all, like it's a lot of shame. And uh, I, I was never, I, I just felt like I, I'm not going to do that, even though it would be easy to, because the women just sometimes drove me crazy and, and it would be easy to dismiss them with sort of, sort of some banner thing, like, you know, act your age or your, you know, or, or even like, you know, even all the years that I was arguing or uh, with Luann, you know, I would never, never said the things, you know, I never called her a whore or a bitch or a drunk, or I never called anyone like that. So, so I knew I wasn't going to do that going in. 
And there was a couple other things that, um, oh, I also, I was not going to go in and, and exploit my husband's, my late husband's family or the Kennedy family. Right. So I never, I, I never, um, except for the history package, like in the first season or the second season, when you had to explain kind of who you were, I never talked about, uh, I never said anything about the Kennedy family. Um, in fact, I think Sonia was the one that brought it up a bunch of times and I would be, you know, I just stayed away from it. In fact, so much so that in my first year contract, there's a clause that's like five paragraphs, how Bravo cannot use my Kennedy connection to promote their show. They can, it's, they cannot call me uh, Kennedy cousin, Carol Radziwill. They cannot use photos of John, Carolyn, Jackie, Lee, any photos, even public photos, right? Without my permission. It was like really detailed out because I wanted to be really protective over that. Um, and they, and I, and I thought that would be a deal breaker, but they agreed to that. Um, you know, so honestly, by the time I signed the contract, I felt comfortable with where I, what I was going to do on the show. And I felt comfortable with the fact that Bravo really was at that point genuine and saying, and of course they signed in the contract that they were not going to exploit the Kennedy name or any of those stories. If I brought it up, uh, that would be my prerogative. And you know, I didn't bring it up. I remember Sonia one year was saying, I partied with John John or some stupid thing. She and said you know, that John John and Madonna, that was her claim. Yeah. And like, I don't like to, I, I, I don't like to hear that because A, is not true. B, no one who knew him really called him John John. That's like the first thing. Nobody. It was made up in the press. Nobody in his family, nobody, none of his friends. It was just a made up thing in the press. So if you didn't know him, you might think that, that everyone called him that. So that, and then, and then the idea, you know, this is a man who had then, you know, had died, you know, 10, 12 years earlier. Like, so you don't really talk about like partying with them. I don't know. I just found the whole thing really unfortunate. You know, it's never too early to start gift shopping for the holidays. And today you can save big on a gift you'll use every day. Raycon wireless earbuds. These are literally my go-to earbuds for everything. Working out, walking, working from home with seamless Bluetooth pairing and a comfortable noise isolating fit. You can start listening right away and keep listening for hours. I love that it, Raycon offers eight hours of playtime and a 32 hour battery life. I have to tell you guys, I'm really picky with audio quality and the audio quality is amazing, especially compared to what you get from other premium brands, except Raycon starts at half the price. The new everyday AirPods come with three sound profiles to make sure everything you're listening to sounds its best. There's also a built-in mic and you can take calls on your earbuds at the press of a button. You guys can go to buyraycon.com slash velvet today to unlock exclusive deals up to 20% off your Raycon order. But hurry, this offer is available for a limited time only, and you don't want to miss it. That's buyraycon.com slash velvet to unlock up to 20% off your Raycon. Buyraycon.com slash velvet. And, uh, but I wasn't, you know, so I didn't really talk about it. Let her do that. I find that interesting. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, I didn't expect that you got this into the contract because that's like, that's. Because I didn't trust them. Well. (laughs) And you know what? To their credit, they never use the Kennedy name in that way. They didn't use photographs. 
that I didn't give them permission to use. They really stuck to it. Obviously they had to, because it was a legal contract. Um, but I don't think, I've never told anyone that. Actually, I don't think anyone knows that because I think there's this perception that I would go, I exploited that. But in fact, I never talked about it. Um, I never talked about. Um, did they try? Like, did they try to say, could we bring this up? Like, did they try? You know what I, you know, the other really interesting thing could, I thought if the other women bring it up now, Sonia did bring it up in that silly, dumb way, but not to me. So I didn't know until I was like the audience. I saw it when it aired. Nobody brought it up. Nobody brought it up. And another thing, I thought I had just published my memoir. So there's a lot of information out there about me, about my upbringing. You know, I grew up in upstate New York and very humble working class family. And I wrote about, uh, you know, lots of things that could have been like, you know, taken out of context, used against me, right? And I thought they they have this advantage because I don't know anything about them. And they have this, you know, 300 page book where they can like pick out details and say, well, I, you know, you're, you, you wrote your grandmother you used to grow marijuana in your vegetable garden. I mean, that's just, you know, and they could blow that up. Like, I'm right. like, all right. Yeah, she did. She was awesome. <laughs> she was like, seriously, I'm like, uh, what yeah. is wrong with that? Right. Um, but the, the funny thing is, is no one ever brought it up. No one ever brought up my connection to the Kennedy family or anything, because I think now, I, I mean, then I, I sort of caught on, it would have made me, me, it would have, it's too interesting. Like the, it would have been made me more interesting. Like, wait, let's let, can we, they never brought up the fact that I worked for ABC news, never brought up the fact that I had covered wars or I had, you know, worked in refugee camps, even when Bethany was going to Puerto Rico. Right. And it seemed the devastation, obviously that was, uh, you know, natural disaster, but I had seen that sort of devastation in refugee camps and in these war-torn countries that I had gone, uh, at, but no one ever talked about it. And it was, and I'm not, I was never one to be like, well, let me tell you about, you know, my experience in Afghanistan or the Gulf War before that, or when I worked in the refugee camps along the Cambodian border and what I saw, let me, you know, yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't going to, so I quickly realized that no one was interested in talking about anything like that because it would have just been, you know, it would have been too interesting for the audience, I think, or too, they, 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 they couldn't be the expert in it, right? They couldn't be the expert. And they always wanted to position themselves as knowing more, knowing it all, knowing, you know. So I was like, no, there's things. And it, it came to haunt me a little during the 2016 campaign because, tech, you know, I did know more about the political process than probably all the, the women only because I covered it for a long time. Uh, and also it was just, I'm interested in it. A lot of people aren't, and I don't blame them. It, it's really not that interesting, right? Politics, and there's a lot of people and the names change all the time. And like, who's your senator? And then the representatives, how many representatives do you have? It's like every state has a different number. It's like, who needs to keep track? It's much more fun to like read about the housewives or read about like who's screwing who in Hollywood. Right. Like I, I me, you know, I, I feel the same way sometimes, but, but I did know more and I could just couldn't get it across, you know, I couldn't, and, and, and I couldn't, I didn't want to say, and I did sometimes say, well, I worked in news, so I probably do know a little bit more, but every time I would say something like that, it would be, it would be in the show. Like I was, I thought I was better than them. And it's like, I never went into that show thinking I was better than them. I never, but but I know, and my only, my, my big 
regret really is not anything I said or did on the show or anything that was said about me, but it was purposely making myself smaller to, to fit in. You know what I mean? I, I purposely, I didn't talk about covering wars or refugee camps. I didn't even that, that funny thing with, again, Sonia about dating George Clooney. I never brought it up. I would never have brought that up. It's such a brag that it's so dumb. Like it, it feels embarrassing to even say it now. Right. And this was 15 years ago. Right. But Sonia brought it up on the show. Right. Then it got out there. Like I didn't, you know, I, I, I made myself smaller. Like I, I had tons of experiences traveling, right. To places. I remember I was at this one scene, I forget, maybe it was Bethany. I don't know. We were in Chinatown and the dim sum place. And yeah, I think it was, I think it was Bethany and she, and I said, I had had dim sum before. I had dim sum in 1998 in Shanghai when I was there on a graduate program. Like I'd been, <laughs> but I kind of was like, it was her thing. And she wanted to show me this great restaurant in Chinatown that served this dim sum. So instead of saying, I mean, I've been there, like, I know what it is. I've right. had it, I've had it, in, you know. I pretended kind of that like, oh, like this is new. Like, what is this? Oh, wow, it's cool. And then it's like, and then in the show, then of course it cuts to like a confessional saying like, oh my God, these women don't get out of the Upper East Side. It's like, mm, no, no, I was doing that because I wanted you to have that moment where you were kind of schooling me on what dim sum was. But honey, I had dim sum in Beijing and in Shanghai and in Hong. Like, I, I know what it is. I was just, so in that respect, I did that often. Um, I did that often. And, and that is like the one, like, I didn't know why I didn't just, I wasn't like, no, 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 I'm elevating this. So let me tell you about dim sum. Let me do tell you, you about the political process. Let me, you know. Do you like regret, as you say, dumbing yourself down? I do a little. I mean, I think in, in listen, if p- people always say, well, you know, I love people who say, I have no regrets. Well, then it's like, mm, you might be a sociopath. But, um, you know, you, I do think now I, I look at it now like I should have been, I should have had the more confidence. I should have the confidence to just sort of stand up and say, no, I've done this. I've been here. Let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about that. But, and I, A, I didn't trust the system, the Bravo machine system. So I felt nervous about being labeled to know it all or, you know, and, and B, I just felt like I, 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 I did it purposefully, you know, just to sort of not create a situation where the other women were going to feel like I thought somehow I was better than them. Cause I'd never, felt that I felt like we're all different but I knew coming into that show that my experience their experience was all generally the same but my experience was vastly different it's 2021 and nobody has time for uncomfortable shoes that's where Rothy's comes in Rothy's surveyed thousands of customers and the number one word used to describe their shoes you guessed it 
comfortable. Listen, now that fall is in the air, what better way to welcome the season than with new shoes like Rothy's best-selling flats, loafers, and sneakers? I picked myself up a pair of Rothy's driving loafers in camo, but they come in a variety of colors. What I love best about my Rothy's is not just the comfort, it's that they're washable and durable. They hold up wash after wash after wash. And yes, you are correct. They're not just for women anymore. They now have men's sneakers and driving loafers. So listen, to help you welcome the fall season in style, Rothy's is doing something special. That's right. They gave us the chance to share this super rare opportunity with our listeners for a limited period of time. Right now, you can get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash velvet. Head to rothys.com slash velvet to find your new favorite pair of shoes today. And for a limited time, you'll receive $20 off. That all makes sense to me. Do you think Bravo and like production would have tried to bring up the Kennedys and all of that? I didn't have did? it in the yes. Um, Yeah, I mean, I do. I mean, I think that they would, listen, Bravo is, is a, the franchise is a quarter of a billion dollar franchise. They are very, very good at what they do. Their brand is so powerful they built this brand housewife brand that is so powerful there's entire cottage industry just based on talking about that brand like it's it's no joke so what they do they do really well and and they do a a lot of research market research so they know exactly what the audience wants i mean i think now they're now they're getting away from their core um, competencies. And that's why I think you're seeing the ratings decline as well as like just generally across the board and television. But, but, um, but th- they know, they know that they know how to make it addictive. They know how to um, drum up the drama. And, you know, I mean, they're basically, it's like Facebook, right? <laughs> it's like, they know what they're doing, and they do it really well. And they have this like aura of like, you know, we're just, you know, we're just filming these crazy ladies, um, you know, doing crazy things. We didn't do anything. Yeah. But, you know, I always, you know, when I was at ABC, there was like always programming, your programming reflected your corporate culture. I think we talked about this. And, um, and at ABC, there was a definite corporate culture within the news division, but also the entertainment division. Peter Jennings was the head of it. And he was a little bit more sophisticated than the other anchors. And, and there was just a, a, a leveling up of the stories that we would do. Believe me, I did stories on Botox and plastic surgery and celebrities too. You know, I'm not saying it was all highbrow. It absolutely wasn't. So before everyone, oh, the haters out there say I'm being pretentious, we did across the board, but there was a certain quality and it would be like, oh, that's a Dateline show. That's a, you know, that this is an ABC story. We would cover this story, but you know, that's kind of like a CBS story. And in that way, your programming really reflected your corporate culture. And in the same way, the Bravo's programming reflects their corporate culture. Right. So say what you will, but I mean, their programming is, is I think, you know, steeped in that, um, you know, misogynistic, sexist, narrative about women behaving badly and shame and, and, and bullying. And I feel like that's, so that's why I didn't really trust the system to get around to my point, which I don't remember what it was, but like, I don't really trust the system because I felt like it was, that's what the culture was. 
and they were you could see that they were rewarding the people who were really i think beyond the pale in their behavior i mean a perfect example is luann when she got arrested for assaulting the law enforcement and drunken behavior and stuff but also you can see now in other franchises um i mean i feel like in new york we're just like they're just like all like petty criminals right <laughs> just like DUI, lots of DUIs, lots of assaults, lots of, you know, this sort of low level. Um, but, you know, in other cities, you know, from, I don't know anything firsthand, but from what I see on, on the news and in social media that, you know, there, there's real, there's real problem with, with, um, you know, criminal, alleged criminal activity among the housewives and, and associates and, and, you know, and Bravo all benefits from that. Do you, I mean, so you don't follow like the Erica Jane case or anything? No, like you that? know, Hulu, Hulu does a lot of, um, Hulu's doing a series or something on, on Housewives. They and, did uh, the Housewife and the Hustler, yeah. Housewife and the Hustler. Which was part they ABC. They contacted me early on um, and they use this kind of, because it's sort of quasi done through ABC, an ABC production house. Um, right. So they contacted me and they're like, oh, we have some mutual colleagues. And so I, so I talked to, I emailed back. I said, I, I don't know anything about uh, who's Erica and her husband. I don't know about the case. I, I know what I read on social media mostly. And, um, and what, I, what I hear, and I don't really want to, I have nothing to add to that. And they were like, no, 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 we want, we want you to put it in context. Like, what is it about housewives that they're finding themselves in these because Teresa I th- from New Jersey had been in a similar, not a similar situation, but there was bank fraud and wire fraud. And she ended up, I mean, it's insane to think, but she spent a year in prison. Yes. Crazy. I met her. She's actually, she's actually lovely. I mean, I don't know. Uh, but that was a victimless crime. Okay. I mean, it was bank right. fraud. Um, so, so they're, they're ratcheting it up, but I, I, I don't know. I don't want to participate in the Hulu thing, but then I, then yes, the last week they contacted me again. They're doing another one. This is cause I'm sure it was really well rated. I'm sure it got a lot, uh, you know, whatever, however, Hulu gets their ad money. The um, first one was for Erica, right. And now they contacted you again for Jen Shaw, probably. Yeah. Jen Shaw, they're doing Jen Shaw and she's the subject of an FBI investigation. And this is like serious. This is serious, serious charges and serious allegations about a criminal criminal activity where there's victims, old people, widows, uh, tragedy. I mean, it's just like, at some point, like, I don't want anything to do with it. And I told them, I told them no also, cause I don't want to be part, uh, part of that. And, and I know how they want to use me to like, they always like, well, no, but you need to elevate it and put it in context. And is it that, why, why, are, why are we, why are all these women getting in, in, in indicted or in trouble or associated with, and, and we need you to, so I'm like not interested in really putting that in context for their show, but um, you know, I could only say that to be on a reality show is very risky. You risk a lot. And, and I'm including myself. I, I risked a lot. You know, I had a lot to lose. I had a, 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 a careers and family. And um, so there's a certain um, level of risk that women in this case are willing to take to be on the show, right? So, um, and when you when you cast a show like that, there'll always be women 
who have risked a lot and their level of risk is high, right? So, yeah. and, it, and it's not only in their, in their personal lives and how they deal with husbands or ex-husbands and it, it can you know, spill over into their business life, right? So you're already like dealing with people who, who take on a lot of risk. So I, I think that's maybe one of the reasons, like what comes first, the show, does the show make them behave that way or, or they innately were all like, willing to take a risk. And if you're willing to take a risk on a reality show, that means maybe in the past you were willing to take a risk in another area of your life. And, and I mean, I mean, I don't know, I'm not an expert, but, but I do get a lot of those calls, a lot of, you know, can you do an interview about this and then put into context and but I don't really, I don't do it. This is not a TV. This is not a news program. This is a podcast. Were they upset with you at ABC when you said no to the air? Because they actually used two housewives, that two people who were housewives in the past in it. And I'm sure they will for Jen Shaw too. Um, yeah, I'm sure. No, no, it's not really ABC. And I don't have right. much loyalty to ABC that I'm going to choose ABC's feelings over my own, uh, you know, serenity. Like I don't want, I don't need to be out there on a major TV uh, documentary about a woman who I've never met and about a show that I am now, you know, uh, out of for three years. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to jump back in there in that way. And they, they did end up using, I asked them if they, if they were going to have any other housewives and who they were. And they said, well, we're not, you know, this, you know, I didn't trust it, but we're not sure. I wasn't going to do it anyway, but I just wanted to know who they were sort of knocking. I think they knocked on everyone's door. They didn't give you any. I, I think they knocked on everyone's door. Yeah. And then they're knocking again, or at least they knocked again on mine, but I'm not. Um, I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shape. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. That's... I was going to say, that's an interesting theory though, about like, if you took a risk on a reality show, like that's kind of maybe, I mean, I never really thought of it that way. I mean, I know like we're not experts, but it maybe yeah. is a correlation that you're just yeah. a risk taker in other aspects. And right. that's how these yeah. people get themselves not in like trouble. You're, you're not a risk taker and you've led a very conventional conservative life. Right. And then Andy knocks on your door and they want to be on the housewives. And you're like, Oh my God, that's amazing. I'll do that. You know, <laughs> like there's certain, you know, and, and I took risks in my career in different ways. I mean, you know, some would say it's risky to go to Afghanistan during the war or the Gulf war, you know, it was risky for me even to leave my small little town in upstate New York and move to the big city. It wouldn't, you know, I didn't know anybody. Uh, you know, I didn't, 
I didn't have connections. I just, you know, that was a big risk because I could have stayed in my small town and, you know, married my high school boyfriend, my college boyfriend and, and lived happily ever after. But I, I was willing to take risks, you know. That makes sense. And speaking of Andy, why do you think, because you're to your point, like, why do you think this whole thing got blown out of proportion that, you know, like you said, you guys were such good friends and you say that was, I mean, I don't know. That was, um, I think that was Bravo generated. I I never went around saying Randy and I are really great friends. And that's, I I never said that. I mean, now of course someone will pull up some quote where I'm like, there isn't a quote that says like Andy and I are best friends or we, we weren't. And so I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm lazy in that way. I'm a journalist by nature and training. And I just like the facts. So like, I don't really have to remember things that I said because it's just the truth 10 years ago is the truth today, the most part. Right. So I that's think, a better way to be. It's hard to remember all the things you say. Remember all lies. lies, Right. That's why yes. housewives get caught up in that. Did you have any high, like what was a high from the whole six years you were there? Like, do you remember, like, does one thing stick out? I mean, not one thing. I would say generally in the beginning, uh, I mean, it was crazy, but the craziness was kind of amusing to me, except for some of the stuff that Aviva, remember Aviva, she had the, the, uh, the false leg and some of the stuff she was saying, because again, it was like career shaming. And, and I worked hard and that was something that I was, I was willing to fight to protect. And, you know, some of the stuff that she was saying about uh, my writing career was just so whack. And I was new and naive and I, I should have just been like, girl, pipe down. You don't know what you're talking about. But, but like, I got uh, so upset by that, that someone would say that and try to shame me or um, to, to, uh, you know, just lie about, about my my career. So, so, so that wasn't so fun, but, but even in that season with her, she was so crazy. I mean, I remember Heather and I laughed so much. I mean, we, the first season, you know, the, all the women, I thought, oh my God, this is just nuts the way they're, they act. And then St. Bart's and the pirate and the, and it was just nuts. So I, I would say generally it was kind of fun and it was, it was fun for me to, um, not that I was pretending to be someone I'm not, but there is a sort of little bit of a pretense. It's like, oh, here we go, you know, and you can dress up and do hair and makeup in ways that like, you just don't normally in real life, you know, you don't, you know, get put on a dress and put on, you know, full makeup to go to lunch. Right. Friends and stuff. So that was kind of a fun thing to do for a little while. Then I, you know, just, it got, it got old. It got old to me. I think ultimately if and this is true across the board for, I think people would understand this. Like if you're not aligned with the choices you're making in life, it's eventually going to be a problem for you. And I was never in alignment with what was going on on the show, you know, whether it was the misogynistic undertone of it, um, wh- whether it was the, the drinking and the drunkenness. Um, I was never aligned with it. And you could just do that for so long before it really started, like it started really, it started really getting to me in a, in a way that I wasn't willing so much that last season to make myself smaller. Right. I was just, I wasn't, I wasn't willing to do some of the things to just let it roll, brush it off. Who cares? Um, yeah. So, so I, you know, so it, it took six years for that misalignment to really come out. Um, but eventually it does. And, um, and I probably, you know, 
I probably I, I felt it during the 2016 season when we were talking about the election and then how it played out on the show. I thought, oh, this isn't, you know, I'm going to do it again because the at that point, the money is so good. You know, the money is great towards the end. Right. After like see, after you've been on it four or five seasons. Right. You know, in fact, the first season, you don't get paid really anything. It's just like a budget. I always thought of it like Bravo's giving me a budget and. And it's not a big budget. And the first year, everyone gets paid sixty thousand. I was just gonna say, like sixty thousand. Right. Well, they start with fifty, and then they go up to sixty. Like that's a. But uh, since I was naive about it, um, I thought sixty thousand. I was like, that's crazy. No one's doing this for sixty thousand dollars plus. It's just a budget in which you use that money to help them create content for their franchise, their quarter of a billion dollar franchise. So it's like out of that budget, 65, you have to take out your wardrobe, hair, makeup, whatever you do. Shopping, for instance, you'd have to go shopping on the show. And then you'd have to, I would feel obligated to buy shit. Right. And then it's like, well, this is like, so it was like all coming out of the budget. I ended up getting a hundred thousand the first season, because just because I was like, I'm not doing it for 60. I'll do it for a hundred. I remember my lawyer at the time said, they're never going to go for it. I said, okay, I don't even care. I, I, I don't, I, I don't want to do it. I, I mean, I just feel like as a, 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 as a, as a point of pride or something like yeah. $60,000. So, so then they said, yes. Which I'm shocked. I'm shocked. They let you put that clause in and gave you a hundred thousand dollars. I'm shocked. Well, I'll show you the contract. I, you no, know, I mean, I, I believe you. It's just good for you. Cause they don't usually, they must really have wanted you. I mean, I think they had blown up the show at that point and right. They'd fired like four people, which is nuts, but that's the production company. You know, they, they didn't really know what they were doing and they just hired, they, they were, they were, I mean, I guess they were desperate. Um, I only found out that none of them, the Heather and Aviva didn't get the hundred thousand because then the second season we were negotiating and then, and then they gave us 150 and I was like, Oh, well, okay. And I was like, but Heather thought it was great. I'm like, it's not that great. She's like, double. And then I realized they had just paid her the 60. Of course, yeah. I immediately told her because I wasn't going to like pretend or lie to her. I was like, just so you know, girl, this is what they, um, but they did it in fancy accounting. So if you actually see my paycheck stub, it looks like I was just getting 60. But I, I got paid to, to like from two different, I don't know, two different accounts or there's like some paid from Bravo, some paid from, from Shed Media. Interesting. What about, well, I mean, yes, I, to your point about Aviva, I know that if I ever get in a fight with you, I can call you a bitch. I can call you anything, but I will not ever suggest that you have. (laughs) No, I mean, I just, I mean, I I get it. Don't don't belittle something that I really care about. And that's really not that much other than my husband and his family and my career that, you know, that makes sense. Listen, I mean, I don't, writing a book is not easy. I mean, they weren't, they were, they weren't willing to talk about any of the great thing, right? Like it wasn't like they were talking about, like asking me about my travels at ABC and the stories I had covered and winning Emmys and, uh, you know, all the, you know, all the awards they weren't, they, no one, they only wanted to talk, they only wanted to trash it up. So I was like, oh, I'm not okay with that. But, but. That's um, understandable. Yeah. Did you have a low from the whole time you were there? Like, was there Um, just one memory? What else is happening? I mean, then on the show, oh, then I met Adam. That was fun because he was cute for, 
Isn't that, isn't that one of the highs you had Adam for a little while? I mean, that <laughs> Carol, that would be a high for me. I mean, I'm over here in Chelsea, not that far away. You could have sent him my way. <laughs> um, no, that would, I'll tell you, that was so completely unexpected because another thing I thought I'd gone on that first season, I was just like sort of ending a relationship with um, Russell, right? He was yeah. the keyboard player in Aerosmith, right? So it, you know, we had been together kind of off and on for two years when I was living in LA and that was fun, but I felt like it was kind of coming sort of to an end. And, um, and, and he was on the show that first season with me a couple of times, but, but they were, they were touring. Aerosmith, I think it was toured that like for three months that first when we were filming. So he wasn't around anyway. Oh, in fact, we went to St. Bart's because he was playing in a, a music festival in St. Bart's. That was the, that was technically the reason oh. you know, we were desperate to find a reason for us to go anywhere. And I'm like, well, Russ is playing in a music festival. We could pretend, you know, we could pretend we're uh, really desperate to go see him in this <laughs> music festival. They're like, great. <laughs> They're like um, Aerosmith. Perfect. That, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And, um, so we did that. So, um, but, but then after that relationship was over, I felt like I'm on the show and it's really hard to have a private life and really date someone of, of, of consequence that I really like and, and, and who wouldn't be so uh, blown away by the whole TV machinery of it all, right? Like yeah. no, no one is going to want to be part of this crazy, great town show. Uh, so it was nice when I met Adam because uh, I, I sort of resigned myself to not being in a relationship for a couple of years. I was fine with them. Like, let me just do this and like focus on this and not be in a relationship and have them, the women like trash it up. Right. So then I meet Adam and, and it was nice because it was on the show. It was completely unexpected. I mean, it really was that moment we met, I think was on the show. Like wow. I walked into the kitchen. I was like, hi, who are you? And, um, and of course that got trashed up a little, but I, we didn't care Adam and I, because off camera was our relationship, right? What that the, they were chatting about and what Luann continues to just chat about is ridiculous, uh, you know, was irrelevant to us, but it, it, you know, ultimately we were together about four years, three or four years. And it does, it does have, it does weigh on you. You know, it's hard really to have, um, a relationship, um, and, 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 and show it on the show and, and like ha have the show, not it, you know, uh, impact the relationship, even though as much as we tried to keep it off the show. Four years is, I mean, do you think it would have lasted longer if it wasn't for the show or do you think it actually no, lasted I think longer? Four years good. I think four years was good. Honestly, I, I mean, four yeah. Uh, I'm yeah, no, four, it was, it, it was, we had a great run for the time we were together and we're still friends now. So it, you know, it was, he was, he was someone in my life at the time when he was exactly what I needed and I was to him and it just really worked. And, uh, and I don't, yeah, I don't know if we would, we wouldn't still be together if it wasn't for this. It's hard to tell like a hypothetical like that. It's hard to say, but, um, but yeah, I mean, we took a lot of hits because, you know, he was, you know, it was all manufactured and made up stuff, you know, that Luann was talking about, but, um, but it made for good TV. And, and, you know, no matter how I always say, it's not really sometimes what you say for me, in my experience, it wasn't what you said that like, 
Bravo would manipulate and exploit. It was all the things that didn't get in the show. It was all the stuff where you were explaining, no, this is actually what really happened. Da, 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 da. And made, it was logical and factual and made sense, but it was like, oh, we don't, that's not as interesting or that's not as like dramatic. You know, it's more dramatic. If you stole Luann's, Luann's niece's yeah. away from her, that's like, that's like, that's soap opera land, right? We like that. We're like, that's not, any way shape or form the truth but um so and and it didn't matter how many times I said that it, that was just always on the cutting room floor and they weren't interested in that you know so it you know it, it ended up you know being out there I don't care I don't you know I didn't care at the time even because I knew the truth he knew the truth Luann's niece knew the truth the funny thing is is I, I she was on the show recently right Yes. She was like with Heather because it's the only episode I saw. Yes. I, I mean, forgot where they were. She, They were doing a, uh, like a naked painting. Yes. Yes. She was and there. She was there and she's a really beautiful young girl, definitely capable of having a boyfriend, of getting a boyfriend. And like, there's like, if I was her and my aunt was on TV saying, you know, that that this this woman, this 50-year-old woman stole my niece's boyfriend, I'd be like, Luann, chill, Auntie Luann, chill. Because and 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 the niece, what's I forget, Nicole had a boyfriend actually the entire time I was with Adam. I, I met him. I met the boyfriend. That it, I met Nicole's boyfriend that she that she had. Yeah. When I met Adam and was dating Adam. She was dating this other guy really nice looking guy, tall, nice looking guy, forget his name. But we ran, Adam and I ran into them at the, at MoMA uh, museum screening of something. And so the whole thing about, you know, stealing her boyfriend, it's just, it was just a fabrication made up by Bravo and Luann ran with it or made up by Luann and then Bravo ran. I was going to say production must've loved it. Like older woman, younger man, he's tied to Luann. Let's keep him around. I'm sure they were like, this is amazing. It was great. I don't know why she, I think on your podcast, she brought it up again. Did she? Yeah. You remember more about my chat with Luann than I remember. Well, because I, I didn't see it, but I saw the, you know, like I said, they all the vlogs like pick it up and they turn it. And maybe she didn't, you know, but she she was saying a bunch of a bunch of BS about it. Interesting. Luann that actually I- dated her niece's boyfriend, which Heather and I never talked about. We never brought it up on the show ever. Like, you know, we were like, uh, should we should we? Should we talk about about Jeff? Who was the niece's boyfriend the only time I met Nicole the niece before the show you know and she she had a boyfriend was not Adam it was this guy Jeff who Luann dated so like (laughs) honey pipe down because you know I know all the stories and Heather was just like no let's not we we were gonna have him on the show but then we then we didn't I don't know you know he I think I don't know if he wanted to be involved, but we were going we were going to because Luann wanted uh, had he was a good friend of Heather's. That's how we knew, and I met him, and uh, and he had told us a story. And then Luann Luann wanted to have a, a date uh, that season or the following season, and she was like, "What about what about Jeff?" To Heather, and Heather was like, uh, "Don't we have enough of uh, your niece's ex boyfriends on the show?" And Luann was wow. like, oh, "I guess so," but like he was hot. I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, I know what world the bodies are buried, or at least I did at the time on the show that I was on. 
I'm sure. Do you still talk to Adam at all now? No, we do. Are you, are you still keep in touch? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. We, we actually like during the pandemic, we, we, like, he was like my, like we were each other's like phone call and we didn't see, you know, he, there was a time for three months where no one was seeing anyone, but like, you know, a couple of times he would come to my building and like, we would talk out the windows. I mean, yeah, no, we're. Was he your pandemic boyfriend? It's okay. If he was, we all needed one, right? No, I mean, he wasn't, I mean, we had, we had like officially broken up that in 2019, I think that 2018. And then we had a year of sort of back and forth or a year and a half back and forth. But by the time the pandemic was uh, happened, we were, we were split and I didn't want to go back there. That Even, makes sense. I just didn't want to, because then you have to like break up again. I didn't, I didn't want that. So no, we weren't, we weren't, but we, we, we developed a real, a, a really good friendship. That's good. Who do you keep in touch with besides Heather? I know you're close with Heather. Um, I keep in touch with um, Adorinda. I'm so, you know, I'm sort of like happy that she, I mean, the way that it ended for her, it was similar to me, I think, that like, you know, she was not going along with what Bravo wanted her to go along with in terms of the the um, storyline with Tinsley. And I think, you know, she had had that. I didn't see the season, but she she was she she had had a bad season, I guess. But it, I mean, it really worked in her favor that she wasn't on the show this season because it was it was so it's so bad. And I feel like she really even though I think she does say like she doesn't really go hard at Bravo um, like the way that I do, you know, because it really was toxic environment. And I think any housewife uh, will say that if they're being honest, like there have been times when it's just the toxicity is too much. Um, but I think she was, she was happy to, to whatever they take a pause or, and she's on her pause. Yeah, I think it's so good for her. She's a good person, you know, and she she got exploited in a in a way that that didn't show her in the best light. She's a, she, she's a good person. She had a hard season that season. And now, I mean, there's a lot of people that say, well, you should have kept Dorinda. That's part of the rating. I mean, it's like it's it's production makes those mistakes. I mean, I, I saw it in season 10. You know, we had like I mean, our ratings season 10 were like two million. I mean, in the demo price, 700, but now the demo is 200 less. I saw 220 people like that. It's like the demo is only, the only thing Bravo cares about. And that's like, that's nothing. Like they went from season 10 to season 13, just three seasons. It's a I big mean, difference. It's hemorrhaging and it's really hard to build that back up. But I guess that's why they canceled it. And maybe they'll they have to reboot it in some other way. Yes. And yes. Before we get there, I have one question. You've had your share of ups and downs. You know, we talked about Aviva. We talked about if you and Luann, if you had to film with one of these three people, like just say you were going to go back and you had a, or you had to go on a vacation, just one film or go on a vacation with one of these people, Aviva, Luann, or Bethany, who, which of these three? (laughs) That is a terrible question. Well, Carol, I never said you were going to like all of the questions. I mean, remember when we started and you were referring to clickbait and headlines and a podcast? And I hope you don't think I'm trying to do that, but this really is a question we want the answer to, right? Like, who do you want to be stuck on the island with? Luann or Bethany or Aviva? 
process of elimination. They got to choose one. That is coming in part two of this epic chat with Miss Raswell. We are so thrilled to have her finally behind the velvet rope. And she was everything we expected. So hope you enjoyed this chat. We are literally just getting into this. We have so much more to cover. We are going to cover more about what happened on the show. Carol's exit. I literally asked Carol, like, there's a lot of things that people say surrounding her exit. Does it have anything to do with Andy? Does it have anything to do with Bethany? Oh, I just need answers to these questions. So they're all asked. Stay tuned for part two. Carol is amazing. And we are about to get into it. Part two coming soon, pretty soon. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.